Good morning. You're listening to Drinking Socially, the official untapped podcast. Your weekly look into what's happening in the untapped community and the world of beer. This episode is brought to you by Untapped and the Untapped merch store. Use the coupon code PODCAST and you'll get 20% off of your next purchase at store.untapped.com. You could use that 20% off to buy an extra hat or donate it to Harrison and he'll get another Hawaiian shirt and we can keep this Hawaiian Miami trend going on YouTube for as long as possible. But whatever you do, make sure you've liked or subscribed to this podcast if you enjoy listening to it or you value me and Harrison at all. Um, If you're listening to it on YouTube, Hell yes. Give us a thumbs up if you think it's a good show or leave a comment. Really, those are cool. Go on to iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and leave a review and tell us, does Harrison need more Hawaiian shirts or should he actually try wearing a hat for once? Who knows? You let us know. Uh, But thanks for listening. Yes. And thank you to whoever made this Hawaiian shirt. It's 99% polyester, I think, or some kind of stretchy material. If I jumped out of a plane, I could probably fly and float safely to the ground, which is how one should enter Miami Beach. But we're not talking about Miami today and cool entrances. No, today, we figured it was time after bathing in the haze craze and getting lost in the Imperial Coffee Stout Sauce to return to the classics. To be reminded that while the insanely creative beer is being made today have the abilities to dazzle you with Waves of flavor the same way a Dolly or a Monet dazzles with layers of color and emotion. The single greatest work of art of all time might be Giotto's hand-drawn, nearly perfect circle. One brush, one swift movement, and history was made! If a hand-drawn perfect circle were to be a beer, it would probably be a Kolsch. And so it's a style John and I both love until so we grabbed one that we never had before from, of course, Cologne, Germany, the birthplace of all things Kolsch. Uh, and we're going to enjoy that today. So put on your dancing shoes, grab a German beer, stop Googling who Giotto is, and join us <laughs> in unlocking the Das Boot badge. And, uh, and, and also... Harrison, uh, who's made me painfully aware of his uh, art background. Uh, Happy June. Happy Pride Month, man. Yes, John. Lots to be dancing about today. Happy Pride Month to you as well. Yeah, word on the street, I kind of heard in some back channels that Untapped and Hop Culture and Beer Advocate have some pretty cool things planned for this month. You bet. Yeah. So it, it all starts this weekend with the Queer Beer Fest presented by Hop Culture and, and Sam Adams. We've been talking about it for a while. I talked about it on Hop Takes. Obviously, if you're following Hop Culture and Untapped, and we're talking about it uh, on those channels too. Tickets are sold out. So hopefully, you grabbed uh, a box from halftime and you've got your beer nice and cold ready for this weekend. You can enjoy these awesome conversations and beer this Saturday. If you didn't get a box, though, don't worry, the live stream is actually free for this event. Um, nice. So you can just grab, yeah, whatever beer you want and join in on the conversation there, get in the chat, ask some questions, have some fun. And I got a little insider scoop for 
you drinking socially fans, um, if you're uh, near a place that is selling any of the beers in the box, like Sam Adams uh, Love Congress Ale or Brooklyn Brewery Stonewall Inn IPA, DC Browse Vote, there's actually a full list um, you can find on hopculture.com of, of the beers that are in the box, you still get to unlock the badge that is happening at uh, Queer Beer Fest, the Queer Beer Badge. I actually designed that badge designed by Brianna White. She's a queer designer from Boston Beer Co. So you got the inside scoop here. It's finally paid off being a drinking socially listener. Now you know how to get it a badge. It took a few years, but uh, <laughs> secret bonus badge. That's the type of that's the type of things that I love, though. Like, uh, granted, it's awesome what Hop Culture is doing, putting on this festival. Uh, but I live in a state where I can't order beer from halftime. But I think I can right. get Love Conquers All, so right. I can kind of earn this badge through breadcrumbs and. If you at home or in your car or in the office listening to this and you want to read up on some breweries that are queer led or supporting, Hop Culture has a great article they wrote. And we're going to put a link to that article in the show notes so you can get out and support uh, these great brewers. That's right. And as we're drinking socially, we're actually working on getting a guest in the podcast to help us celebrate Pride Month right here that may be even coming with another exclusive bad. So we're still working out the details there. Stay tuned. But really excited to be celebrating the creative, powerful, and vibrant queer voices in the crappier community. Keep tuned in here and make sure you're following Untapped and Hop Culture and Beer Advocate on Instagram so you can find out other ways to support the LGBTQ members of our, our craft community, not just in June, but you know, all the time. Um, and now... Well said. Well yeah, said. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, so we're going to jump and continue on with the show. John, what are we, uh, this badge this week, what are we, what are we doing? What's, what's it all about? Yeah. So last week at the end of the show, I joked about going into a high school locker room smelling like cologne. <laughs> it, it, we're, we're not even close to that. Um, but we are talking about a beer that pretty much is, is like, it has the same sort of regulations as champagne in France, like Cologne right. and the Kolsch in Germany. And we're, it's not a Kolsch badge that we're featuring. We're talking on this episode about Das Boot, which is kind of funny because I believe translated, it actually means the boat, not the boot. Right. But Correct. that comes from my love of a crazy German submarine movie. That's right. Uh, we'll Wooga. talk about that later. But Wooga. Um, so the description on this badge is it's old and, uh, it's hard for me to pronounce Das and Minson's five Deutsch beer, uh, which I believe means somewhere along the lines of you've drank five German beers. And then untapped goes on to let you know that David Hasselhoff would be proud of you. And I think David Hasselhoff would be proud of anyone that just finished a beer. Uh, yep. He seems like a pretty good guy, uh, <laughs> drove a really cool car, did the whole lifeguard thing. In his 80s, he looks better than I ever have. So cheers <laughs> to you, Hasselhoff. Right. And the the key point about this badge is that you're drinking a beer that was produced in Germany. And in order to level it up, you just need to drink five different German beers, which does make it kind of hard to max right. out here in the States where we don't see a lot of variety from Germany. But we'll talk a little bit about that after we get to the beer that we're featuring for this episode. Harrison? That's right. So you've heard of <laughs> Reichdorf and Gaffel, I'm sure, but maybe you haven't heard of Fruz Kolsch, which I hope I'm saying correctly. Um 
But this is another one of the kind of OG, if you will. God, we say that we say that a lot. Um, but one of like the original breweries in Cologne, known again for the Kolsches that the, the region produces. They're one of the kind of three everyone mentions, and I've had the other two, but never had Fruz before. So we figured today, why not? Um, coming from the Kölner Hofbrau Fru in Cologne, Germany, it is a Kolsch. Comes in at four point eight percent ABV, nineteen IBUs. Carries a 3.31 out of 5 on untapped. So, again, kind of right in the middle of the road there. But it's always so interesting with these beers that have like a, I don't know, like you can get in a gas station in Cologne, but here I got to go to a specialty shop to get it. Like it's all relative, (laughs) right? Like someone that gets this every day may not be wowed because they have it all the time. But for us, I'm hoping we're like, whoa, this is perfect and crisp and amazing. And so, um, so, you know, take that with the, what, you know, for what you will, but from the, from the brewery, it says from the recipe of Peter Yosef Fru of the family brewery, this top fermented specialty beer features the best ingredients and is brewed according to the German purity law. A favorite beer of Cologne, um, which became one of the city's originals. So, um, again, a lot of history here, which we can talk about in a moment. But John has the appropriate glassware, I don't, you'll see in a minute. But have you had a first sip? What do we? What are we thinking? What do we know? Um, yeah, the the tall straight lines Ooh. of I don't know if this is technically a Kolsch glass, but it it scratched the itch for me, and it really allows this beautiful head to just like billow. It's like a giant cloud in here. Yeah. Um, so from the taste, I'm I'm not a I'm not a Kolsch expert. Most of them that I've had have been produced in America, which are like. Uh, Kolsch bastards, maybe. I don't know if I'm allowed <laughs> to say that, but not not official Kolsches. Anyways, usually if there's one note I look for in a Kolsch, it's like an apple or an apple yeah. peel and maybe a little yep. bit of grass. And on first sip, I'm getting just like really clean, crisp. Like this is just this is a this is a banger. This is a, a ah. knock it back. And I mean, we're drinking out of a 16 ounce can. I haven't seen this beer in a can before maybe i just haven't been out shopping enough but this uh 16 ounce is going to go down pretty quick it's not a good review of this mm. beer mm. yeah it's a cool can it's kind of got like a swirly red and white bands jumping around it um makes me think yeah, of going to get a haircut right exactly like a goofy barber or whatever who forgot to put the blue up or maybe this is the mohawk barber or just a salon without a barber i don't understand there's an old, there's a lot of history behind the barber pole that I don't know. But um, I poured a nice big old, big old fluffy, most of mine is head. Yep. A, but that's okay. It, I mean, looks again, like a, it looks like a side pour. Um, yeah, really. But it, and really like, you know, talking, you know, this is great to have get the carbonation out of the beer. It's going to, you know, hit your nose better. It's going to, I mean, this is an excessive head that I have, but. Um, you know, again, there's obvious, many reasons to carbonate a beer, and this beer being as light as it is, as kind of effervescent as it should be, I'm with you, John. I kind of look for that apple note. Get the carb out of this can. Get it out of the beer so you can kind of get those flavors flying around the room and in your nose and stuff. So, and, and yeah, like my first sip, I'm going to dive in for a second one, but it's, yeah, it's like super crisp, super clean. I'm getting like a, it's a slight... Biscuit note. It's nothing crazy. It's not biscuity. 
It's just that one, like almost like a cracker, which we've talked about before with Pilsners and stuff that it's came one of out. My favorites. Yeah, one of the, the Czech lagers, but this is not as pronounced. It's like if that was a the the Vleet from Threes, that if that was like a ten on the cracker, this is like a three, and that's fine. Like it shouldn't be as kind of crackery. I love um, that you just invented a Richter scale for cracker for flavor. For cracker notes in a um, beer. Anything could happen, fly. folks. But this is, on my second sip, when I was looking for that apple, I mean, it doesn't taste like a cider at all. But where, where sometimes in a lager you might get corn or sometimes right. in, in, like, uh, in like a golden ale, you might get a little bit more. In here, those like subtle undertones, I get now like, that kind of juicy sour apple flavor yes. and it's just subtle and it passes quickly, but that's my favorite. I love yeah. that about it, about a Kolsch. It's, it's identifiably apple. Yep. And maybe kind of, yeah, on second sip, the hop presence in here, it doesn't, it's probably, I would say Gaffel and Reichsdorf Kolsch. I don't remember what their IBUs are, but from memory serves, like it was a definite kind of hoppy, bitter pop at the end. Very quick. But like that was finished so dry and that complemented that apple note so well. This one's much, a much smoother finish where that bitter bite, it isn't quite as intense, but I'm getting like right subtle kind of fruit flavors and notes right now in it, like kind of the, the back of my tongue. So same city, same style of beer, but again, different recipes, a little bit different. Um, this one, again, on kind of our first couple of sips finishing smoother than other ones I've had, which is, is cool. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's like, I mean, pick your metaphor, pick, you know, for me, it's cheesesteaks in Philadelphia. You have a cheesesteak in Philadelphia. You have a hundred people that make them and they're all kind of different somehow, even though they're all bread and cheese and meat, somehow each one tastes different <laughs> than the other. Uh, you know, that's one example, but I imagine it's pretty similar to go to, a bunch of breweries, traditional German breweries in Cologne and drink their Kolsch's and have a different experience each time, even though this beer is pretty straightforward. However, I should note that like, what's really cool about the history of this beer is that it's not as like, well, it's a little more open-ended than maybe you may realize. So Kolsch's, they're protected by the Kolsch Convention which kind of restricts 20 or so breweries in around Cologne to being ones that can actually brew this beer and call it a Kolsch and anywhere else it's a Kolsch style or, you know, kind of just like champagne as John, John mentioned. Um, but the, it simply defines it. And we joking about John, how simple this is, but a Kolsch just has to be a light, highly attenuated hop, accentuated, clear top fermenting bowl beer or regular beer. So not super low in ABV, not super high, which is, Again, kind of open-ended, like light, check, highly attenuated, absolutely. You know, there's not much residual sugar in here at all. It's got a hop presence. But what that means, hop accentuated, and maybe that's where the variety comes from. Like, that could mean so much to the brewer. Like, does that mean it really pops yeah. hops or it doesn't? And it kind of just, the hops aren't as bitter. Maybe they're towards the end of the boil and you just kind of add a floral, hidden little floral note in there. So... Again, there are kind of rules around it, but there's plenty of room for interpretation here. And that's now another trip we need to do, John. Go to Cologne and drink 20 Kolsch's. And we may, might be able to do that and not feel too horrible <laughs> but after, over a course of a couple of days. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I think Kolsch translated roughly means uh, like marathon drinking. Ah, some, some, somewhere in, I, I, I believe. Don't Google that one. But this Google is a this is, this is a beer I could drink in mass. Uh, I love the flavor. Yeah. The the little like I'm just gonna keep going back to the appleiness in a non-pervasive yep. way. It's just like mm-hmm. like that clean, crisp, refreshing, sour, subtle, yep. subtle, yep. subtle, subtle. But like yep. I imagine like barbecuing and with this beer being an amazing or also i mean if we're if we're in germany we're probably going to a football game and we're drinking this beer right hopefully they barbecue yeah. in germany i act like i don't have the internet um, <laughs> whatever <laughs> whatever you're eating in germany if it's pretzels and mustard if it's cabbage and sausage right. whatever it is it would i think it would pair well with this beer and i also yeah. i kind of I, I give it to cologne for kind of setting up like you can only brew a kolsch here if not it's kolsch style of which there are some great american examples but i like i like the lore that's steeped in 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 the history of this beer yep yeah i like this one this one's got a more complex malt build than i would say other ones i've had um it's just more a little bit more going on there a little more right cracker biscuit thing happening into that sour apple note it's cool didn't you know it's kind of a well, here we go, interrupting again. Welcome to the internet, where only one person can talk at a time. Um, I wanted to say it's kind of like, uh, like it's 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 lager adjacent. The yeah. Kolsch. There's a special thing that happens with the Kolsch in yeast and temperature. Am I far off from the truth, Harrison? Right. No, you're right. I mean, it's technically an ale yeast, but but most Kolsch yeasts perform well at lager temperature is like 59 degrees Fahrenheit, 60, 63, things like that. And traditionally you do lager colches. So you will age a colch longer than you would pale ale and IPA. And some breweries do it for two weeks, some for a month, um, different temperatures. At that point, you're kind of getting into, right, what are your secret blend of herbs and spices? That's You're not going to get an answer probably from Fru or Rice Store for Gaffle, like how long they... <laughs> lager what the temperature is all that stuff but yeah it's an ale yeast that performs really well at lager temperatures and then the beer itself is traditionally lagered before its release so right it's kind of it is a it is a by really any definition kind of this hybrid it's an ale yeast but it's a lagered beer absolutely um and uh Right. That, of course, that's so unique um, uh, to this style. Uh, however, I have heard um, of certain breweries in the States even experimenting with kind of lagering their IPAs, sitting on it for a bit longer, letting it clear up naturally a bit, um, making sure, you know, um, that it's, uh, you know, going to be shelf stable and taste great longer than couple of weeks or a couple of days Ooh, uh, so that's like, been cool to see kind of looking at lagering as kind of like a, a, a stress test for any beer um uh so that's been and, and i've had some great ipas that have been lagered from certain local breweries that i had no idea they had to tell me that it was a, a beer they kind of sat on longer than i expected they would like a month and it was just amazing so um 
like all those new things to learn about, just like Keith Richards said not too long ago, he learns a new thing about the guitar every day. Keith Richards is still learning about the guitar. Brewers can still learn about beer. So here we are all benefiting from that. True. I think brewing beer is actually the oldest profession in the world. I mean, (laughs) brewing beer is arguably what, uh, what caused us to start uh, what do they call it? Like planting grain and agriculture. Yeah, it wasn't right. bread or anything. It was, it was beer. So hell yes, beer. Um, and perhaps in a wicked spin, we start to see lagered IPAs. Maybe that's the next trend we're always looking for. Mm. Anyways, yeah. before we project down a road we can't turn back from, <laughs> let's try and rein this in and come back to the badge we're talking about this yes. week, which is Das Boot. And there is just disclaimer, if you're looking for ways to kind of hack the system, there's also a badge called Respect the Kolsch, which you could earn for right. checking into a Kolsch as well. Um, in, this, in this episode, we're featuring Das Boot. What do you have to do? You have to check into a German beer. That's- so this badge <laughs> has been unlocked 750,000 times on Untapped, or 750,000 wow. different people have drank at least five beers made in Germany. Love and it. hopefully they're not all German. We'll see how far along Harrison and I are. But the part that I think makes this, um, wh- where the wrinkle in this badge is, like all you have to do is drink a beer made in Germany. How hard can that be? The hard part, at least for us here in the States, is finding you know, 100 different German-made beers. If we look at the beers that have helped people unlock this badge most popularly. Polliner's Heffy, great beer, yeah. had it. Franziskaner, had it. We featured uh, it on the yeah, podcast. It was on my Mount Beermore, love that beer. Uh, third place, Weinstefaner, Heffy, uh, great beer. That's so been good. made since before America was a country and three yep. versions of Italy ago. Like that beer's <laughs> old as heck. Um, you get into like Wursteiner, Bitburger, Bex, Hofbrau, Spons Oktoberfest, which is a great beer. Uh, and Eyinger Celebrator, awesome, yeah. awesome double bock. Uh, part of why I always associate the goat with the double bock. But mm-hmm. when you're in when you're in America, sometimes those beers we just mentioned, like that's your German beer selection. You don't have a, yeah. a, much more to choose from outside of September and October when the shelves kind of fill up with some Oktoberfest beers. But even if you're drinking an Oktoberfest beer or a Kolsch style ale, if it's made in North Carolina or Colorado or California, it's not going to help you unlock this badge at all. Correct. Um, However, it may help you unlock the respect the Kolsch badge. Uh, Again, clever little workaround there. So, um, going back to this badge and some of the beers that have unlocked it and 70, 75, 7,500, three quarters of a million people that yep. have unlocked this badge at least once. Harrison, let's start the bidding with you. I'm willing to bet you're probably as, as far along as many of my friends. I, I regard you as like a big fan of German beer. How far along are you on this badge? Yeah, and I am and always will be but i was kind of surprised that i'm only at level five so that's 25 different beers which isn't crazy 
in either direction. It's not, I mean, it's, well, I guess it's yeah, discernibly low, but I think to your point, um, I drink kind of the same German beers when I drink it. So the key in here is they got to be different. You can't drink in, you know, a bunch of fruit Kolsch's and level up to a hundred just by having 500 of this beer, different beers. So right variety comes into play here. And, but I was trying the last one I had was the first time I had this beer it was a fest beer by uh, Benedictiner brewery last Oktoberfest. It was great. And that's a newer one that I'm seeing. I haven't seen it as much in North Carolina before. They first kind of popped up with a Hellas Lager last year. It was really good. And when their Fest beer came, I was like, oh, I got to try this. And it was really enjoyable. So, uh, but yeah, my, I kind of rotate every year, right? Especially Oktoberfest between Hofbrau and Spaten and our uh, Spaten and, um, uh, I mean, anyone else that I can get my hands on then. We've done uh, the cool collabs between Sierra Nevada and a couple different German breweries, which I wonder, that probably wouldn't, because it sits under the Sierra Nevada brewery page, probably wouldn't help you with this badge. But anyway, um, I've had a few. I've had a few, but I was kind of surprised how low it, the number overall was then kind of doing a, um inventory check came to the same conclusion you did of just not a ton of different German beers, but a lot of really great ones I return to often. Um, so with that being said, in our mutual love for Oktoberfest, I imagine you're doing pretty well, although maybe have hit the same or similar bumps that I have. Where are you sitting at this, uh, this band right now? Yep. I've, I've drank a good amount. I, th I think I've, I've drank, a fair amount of German beers, but I would wager 90% of them have been Franziskaner. Right, um, right. So, uh, and, by, and, and like Franziskaner's Weiss beer, they, they make other yeah. beers, but in, in America, we pretty much only oh. know it by that one brand. Yep. And so I'm at level two in on uh, Das Boot. The last unlock for me was uh, Eyinger's Oktoberfest, and yep. the first unlock for me happened in September. Uh, it was an Oktoberfest beer. So it seems that's yeah. when I usually will reach out and drink. I mean, when we did on the podcast uh, two years ago, we did five right. Oktoberfest beers, and only two of them were made in Germany. Correct. So yep. it's not – I mean, there's – you, there's some amazing breweries in Germany, uh, like world class. There's some lore and history behind them, and then you have smaller ones like Lieberwaldi and uh, Frau Gruber Brewing, and like smaller microbreweries that are opening up in Germany. But much like when Harrison and I drink a small brewer's craft beer here in North Carolina, and you can't get it you know, right. 100 miles away, much less across the ocean. Same thing in Germany. I mean, the craft beer is brewing and growing there. Stone Brewing, who's uh, built a huge empire to craft beer. I, you remember, Harrison, when they set up shop in Berlin, That's saying right. it was going to be like, we're going to just bomb out American hops. And Stone, I don't think his experience, They've ex everyone experiences failure, but Stone is is an amazing brewery and business and they and they pushed the envelope with craft beer and they ended up selling that berlin operation to brew dog right. uh, three two or three years ago right. and now brew dog still brewing hop forward beer and i would imagine it's got to be 
really interesting to find this craft brewing beer, this kind of pushing the boundary that's like doing it in a country where the traditions of brewing are, are so in tune. I mean, there's a lot, there's, there's, there's a quote unquote law about what you're allowed to put into your beer in Germany. So I'd imagine that's, that's going to be hard or at least like in America, we have a lot of legal problems that prevent people from opening breweries, not so much anymore, but in Germany, I'd imagine that's a really hard thing to go up against. Like I want to brew a really cool coffee stout in Germany. I'd imagine you're up against some opposition trying to do something like that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's why we kind of wanted to for this week for the verify venue highlight, talk about a craft beer bar in Germany and kind of what is that like? I've been fortunate to talk with, many of them over the years at untapped um and just kind of hearing how exciting it was when stone right bought that brewery and you know before that they didn't just buy it for fun they were already shipping tons of beer to germany and they were gobbling it up and they were like all right great there's a market here in a country that's obviously loves beer they're going for some more hop forward stuff let's jump over there and, and see what can happen and again didn't go the way that they wanted for probably tons of reasons, you know, we have no insight into, but, um, but yeah, BrewDogs there cranking out hot Ford IPAs. So we want to talk about craft beer corner. It's a verified venue in Cologne. So not just a, a, a verified venue that's in Germany, but in Cologne itself, where again, the, the Kolsch is from, all this talk about kind of the German purity laws. And then within that, there's the law, you know, again, the Kolsch convention, there's even more um, kind of, guidelines you have to follow and then obviously this great history built around very traditional beers um what is it like being a craft craft beer bar in there and it's, it was really cool to learn about what craft beer corner is doing they actually make their own coals so i looked through a menu to try to find a wow. and there was only one i assumed either there'd be none it's kind of some rebellion of like enough <laughs> of the the old the old folks beer we're the new kids we're doing something different but they actually kind of split the middle there and said, we're not going to carry anything from traditional breweries. It's a cult, but we're going to make our own. And originally it was brewed by a Freegeist beer culture, but now Ale Mania makes this beer for Craft Beer Corner, uh, their own kind of house Kolsch. Um, and it's an unfiltered Kolsch. So even that, like they're wow. kind of taking this classic right thing and just uh, making it a little bit, it's not hazy. I looked at pictures of it online. It's kind of just got a little bit of what looks like a cold break to it. So not too crazy, but maybe again, relatively, maybe it's like, you know, lighting the neighborhood on fire. I don't know, but it, it being a craft beer bar in Germany, yeah, again, it can be tough. You're kind of, but you're also, you probably have like a very thirsty, no pun intended, an excited audience of people who are like, you know, discovering beer, discovering that, the beer that their father's father, father's father always drank isn't the only beer in the world. Because a lot of it's tied to families and you drink Hofbrau or you drink Fallener or you drink, you know, uh, Eddie or whatever it is, opening up the world of beer to a younger generation and having a place to do that. So it's probably pretty exciting and probably really unique. And it'd probably be, even be difficult for us to go visit and really get the feeling of that because you probably have to grow up in that culture to really, when you step in a craft beer bar had that experience of like all right 
I mean, it's not like dancing in the tiny town of Footloose, but maybe it is. I mean, maybe, maybe it is like that. Um, <laughs> you know, again, I just, I don't know. I'd love to find out more about it. But it was really cool going through Crappier Corners, uh, verified venue, their menu. They have more than 280 uh, different beers, but from all over, kind of all over Europe, um, a few from the U.S., and they actually focus on wild ales um, as well. Nice. A lot of wild ales, and I was like, a, I could tell the way the menu was built. They they just had a specific section just for wild ales they wanted to call out. So that's very very cool, and obviously great tradition in Europe, all over Belgium and beyond, with the wild kind of spontaneously fermented beers. So really cool to see. And that would be amazing to taste kind of right. What is wild German ale yeast do to beer in a country that like predominantly just used lager yeast for hundreds of years? If that some of that escaped into the wild and propagated itself, you could harvest that. What would that be like? I mean, that's probably fascinating. So um, anyway, a lot of cool stuff to unpack there um, from Crap Your Corner, but it looks like a cool spot. And uh what are they doing right now, John? Did you, I think you found something about kind of what they're doing currently. Yeah, I think right now for science and the benefit of humankind, we should go there and try these wild mm. ales and report back on them. Um, but since Harrison and I, I think probably aren't even allowed to travel to Germany right now. Um, <laughs> those of you that are listening from Germany and uh, able to travel to Cologne, there are right now more than 280 beers listed on their untapped menu. 280 is, I don't think I need to say it, a lot of beers. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, more, it's more beers than I've had to help level up Das Boot. But I feel like, as Harrison alluded to, a lot of them, I mean, you can go to Craft Beer Corner in Cologne and you can experience beer from all over the world, which is really cool. And right now they're doing a lot of takeaway beer, like window sales. So you can kind of order ahead, pick them up in a drive through or walk through window. They do yep. some uh, beer tastings online, kind of like untapped virtual events. I mean, every time I look overseas and look at what's happening uh, in beer in the world, I feel like the rest of the world has embraced technology so much more. Yeah than we have over here uh, <laughs> and craft beer corner seems to be doing a great job of it. 280 beers listed on untapped. That takes time to update yeah. much less going over and flipping the keg and, and, and transferring the pumps and changing the tap handles and all that stuff. Like updating that on untapped is that could almost be a full-time gig. Yeah. So bravo to you craft beer corner uh, for sharing some amazing beers with the lucky residents of Cologne. Germany and drinking all your fancy Kolsch's, but your unfiltered Kolsch is the most exciting thing to me. I've never had one oh, before. I'm really know, interested right? in that. Great time. Um, so, okay. So we're jealous. We're jealous anytime we can't drink something and talk <laughs> about it. That's a given. Um, but things that we have drank, Harrison, mm -hmm. and kind of uh, talking about, you know, as we get on with our weeks going back over the last seven days of your life, what's the best beer of the week for you? Yeah. So I made a kind of shot from the hip this week in the grocery store, grabbed an old standby I hadn't had in a little bit, and it was absolutely the right decision. So my beer of the week is... 
Sweetwater Brewing Company's 420 Pale Ale. So they're classic. Not the G13, not the, any of that other stuff, which is great, but just the 420 Pale Ale. I know I've talked about it before on this podcast. I was kind of the beer I discovered in North Carolina. We moved down here five years ago. A lot of great memories about well, moving to North Carolina on like a 106 degree day in August, but the refreshment <laughs> that comes from an ice, ice cold Suwater 420. And really, like their marketing team got me hook, line, and sinker that Sweetwater just did a rebrand on a lot of their core beers, different packaging, slightly different color of green, little things. But it was enough for me to see it again and again and go, all right, I got to. That question in the back of my head was like, did they just change the outside? Or maybe was this also a chance to tweak that recipe a little bit? And I don't know if I can give anything conclusive there, but it was it was so great. It was more grapefruity than I kind of remembered. I got a really fresh 12-pack of it, so I'm pretty pumped about that. But it's just such a great – it's a flavorful, lighter beer you can put away a couple of. And I was drinking it. And kind of second sip in was like, this is the best beer I've had all week. And I was like, well, I guess I'm talking about it on the podcast. So it's been a while since I've had it. I don't know why, but now it's in my fridge. I've got a few left and I'm looking forward to as finally it gets. We had a really mild kind of spring here, finally getting hot out. Uh, that beer, some burgers, the grill. Like I, I may be talking about 420 more than anybody wants to hear about it in the near future, but that's okay. Because uh, I'm enjoying it, and uh, and yeah, glad to have those memories floating back to a new place when we came down for the first time. Some new beers, and um, the right time when it's hot out and gross, and I want something ice cold and crispy. 420's got my back. Um, but what about you, John? What did you discover this week, or rediscover, or where are you at? What did you what did you what did you enjoy? Yeah, it was a little bit different for for me. I, I love your story, and whenever a brewery kind of rebrands, uh, that's usually that's a reminder to me to like go and resample their their core beers, yeah. like New Belgium Fat Tire. No one's running out to go purchase a six pack of that, but if you close your eyes and you drink it unknowingly, it's an amazing yeah. beer. Like core yeah. beers are are there for a reason; they're delicious, but. For me, the most memorable beer of the week was a little bit different. Uh, mm. It was a beer called The World's Turned Upside Down, ah. and it's from Carton Brewing, who we should – I wish we were, I wish we could get him here, uh, yeah. Carton Brewing, and feature him on the uh. podcast. This was a barley wine, which reminds me of bottle shares because usually that's the only time I can drink a barley wine is if I share nice. it with people. It was 12%. Grilled pineapple and marchino cherry barley yeah. wine. It was like, I mean, it's modeled Whoa. after my all-time favorite dessert. Every birthday, that's what I ask for is a pineapple upside down cake. And one of my untapped friends, Congrats. Heather, nailed it with her check-in saying, I guess I'm a barley wine girl now. And <laughs> so am I, Heather. Uh, that was yes. delicious. So. <laughs> Um, I think, yeah, if, if your best beer of the week is a barley wine, you're having a, a great week. Celebrate that. Have another 12% barley wine and call it a day early if you must. Yeah. Much like Harrison and I, we've, we've, we've done it again. We've been talking about beer and everybody's got to go to work. So um, <laughs> if I can dust up 
my German, Danke fürs Zuschauen, which I, I think means thank you for watching. Yeah. You can pretend that, well, if you're watching on YouTube, yes, Danke fürs Zuschauen. And remember, yes. Germany not only makes great automobiles, which they do, but their beer is pretty darn good, amazing, historical, and even their craft scene. I think you have to kind of go to Germany to experience it, but uh, it yeah. seems like it's worth it. And if you want to see Harrison's Hawaiian shirt, if you want to see Harrison's face react to the Apple moment in this Kolsch, check <clears> us out on YouTube, follow us, subscribe, hit the bell, give us a thumbs up. Uh, we love all that stuff. And Harrison's putting his kids through college with those likes. That's um, it. That's other than that, what, what's coming up next Wednesday, Harry? Polls, polls, and more polls, John. You know what I mean. Interesting no. response last time. Right. So we're going to give another try for some future badges. Uh, maybe it'll be paint the town red. Probably not, though, but we'll see. So just keep tuned in on all the social internet things and let us on the comments if you have a badge you want us to do, a badge challenge, all that stuff. We are looking for our next badge challenge at... Right now, it's probably going to be paid the town red, um, but open to more ideas. So let us know what should we try to see who can level up next first. Um, but uh, but yeah. Uh, as they say in Cologne, Dusseldorf, Berlin, Prost! Prost! Yeah! A little bit left for me. Eh, plenty enough to finish in one sit.